Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. What is up, everybody? My name is Hector Flores, host of Insert Name FC. And with me, as always, is my best friend and the other host of the show, Edward Robles. How's it going, guys? Episode 46, and we got a banger, Edward. A banger? Yes, a banger. Uh, a we got banger about an episode. Very, actually, quite, quite the packed show. Obviously, we have some coaching rumors to discuss, uh, some, some, some things going on in transfers. And a lot has happened. Um, oh, yeah. We got some headlines. We have an interview with Glenn Davis, host of Soccer Matters with Glenn Davis. And he also announces games for the Houston Dynamo. Also does some uh, game previews for the Houston Dynamo as well. And he also has announced the Women's World Cup and the Men's World Cup. And has announced a few games for Fox Sports and ESPN. So quite, quite the person to have. Uh, for this episode, so yeah, it's I'm it's big. Really excited to have that interview. Uh, just a great guy in general, man. Uh, very, very. It's just a lot of stories, man, that that guy had uh, to tell me about. Coolest thing ever is that he actually got to play against Mahigo Gonzalez. So nice. So dopest thing that I have ever heard. So great guy. Looking forward to it. Hopefully, we'll 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 get a lunch going with him. Um, so <laughs> can't wait for that. Yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah. So, but yeah, so our interview with Glenn Davis, we'll have some game recaps, our announcer players of the week, and we're going to be previewing the Apertura of Liga MX. That's right. Mexico soccer is back in action. We do, they do, they did just have their champion of champions, which was Cruz Azul beating Leon two to one. So quite the, quite the year for, for Cruz Azul right now. Um, if you want to look at it like that. Um, and of course, we're going to give you guys some games to look forward to. Uh, this coming weekend, obviously, if you guys have been keeping up with the Gold Cup, the quarterfinals will be kicking off this weekend. So, yeah, there is lots to talk about. And a three up, three down, because obviously we're previewing Liga MX. We're going to be doing our three up, three down on the Liga MX jerseys. So, very interesting jerseys. I think Mexico has some of the most uh, distinctive jerseys, if you will. I don't know if you, well, what do you want to oh, use? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're- <laughs> You could literally point them out of a lineup, and especially like the main teams, like you know Chivas, America. You already know. You see the colors. You're like, oh, hey, he's wearing an American jersey, or he's wearing a Chivas jersey. Also, they're running so, billboards. That's also another thing to, to mention. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. They have it's like ba- it's, it's basically either, it's either. if if NAS if NASCAR was a soccer league, it would be Liga MX. Yeah, pretty much. So. So, yeah, because I know a lot of people, I, I know a lot, like, I feel like there's like a mixture of people's thoughts on Liga MX jerseys. 
It's either they like them because some of these jerseys are very different from what you normally see, or they just don't feel it because of all the sponsorships that are on these jerseys. And I mean, when I say there's sponsorships on these jerseys, I mean, it's almost like covered. It's like a tat, like if you just got like a tattoo of nothing but sponsors on your body. <laughs> some of these jerseys walking are <laughs> walking billboards is what they look like. But yeah, so I'm really excited. Edward's excited. Um, we're excited that you get to <laughs> hear me uh, talk to Glenn Davis, which definitely up there as like interviews that I was really hoping to accomplish. Didn't think I was going to do it within like not even our not even within our first year of the podcast, but here we are, man, you know, making dreams to come true. Yes, exactly. I mean, I mean, <clears throat> he's a big name. You, you yourself said it yourself and um, it's, it's pretty awesome. Kind of like you said, like it's an honor to have him on the show. You know, I had to be careful when I told Spencer that Glenn Davis, we interviewed Glenn Davis because there's also a former NBA player named Glenn Davis. Oh. So, oh, so, yeah, that's what he was talking. That's what he was thinking. Play for the Boston Celtics, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that that happened. But you know, to be fair though, very fair to say it's it's a. I wonder how. I wonder if Glenn ever gets mistaken for for Glenn Davis, the basketball player. I don't know. What, did you did that question pop up? Maybe no, we'll see. It, no, it did not. Maybe maybe Glenn's oh. gonna react once he gets to this part. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, right? <laughs> we got a jam-packed show and we can't much wait to get to love. it. Can't wait to get to it. So we're going to go ahead and take a break. You guys are going to hear an ad from, from us. Make sure you guys take full advantage of all the great partners that we have, obviously fanatics.com and Audible. So make sure you guys check out our Instagram and Twitter at InsertNameFC. If you guys go to our bios, you can see a link. That is our link tree. If you go ahead and check out those links, you'll see our partners over there and you can Help yourself out with some with some swag from Fanatics, or get a head start in your re, in your audiobook listening with Audible.com. And not only will you be doing that, but you'll be supporting us and the Unhinged Sports Network. So go ahead and listen to the ad, and then we'll get going with some coaching rumors. All right, let's get on. Hector, what was your New Year's resolution? Same one as every year. Read more. Why every year? Well, with school and work, it is simply hard to find time to read. What if instead of reading, we listen to someone read your books for you on Audible? Audible? Audible has a large library of audiobooks that you can listen to at your convenience. I like listening to my audiobooks on my way to work. What if I don't like Audible? You can start a 30-day free trial when you go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash insert name FC podcast. You'll be supporting that insert name FC podcast along with finally getting that New Year's resolution done. Thanks. Now I'm going to start a 30-day free trial. And we are back once again. You can go ahead and check out our Instagram and Twitter at insert name FC. In the bios, you'll see uh, a link and it'll take you to our link tree where you can see there's a lot of stuff on the link tree, but specifically go check out the links to our, our great partners and uh, hook yourself up with some great stuff that will also be supporting the podcast. Okay, I thought I was going to say something. <laughs> no, I was just... <coughs> all right, Edward, Edward had the sniffles. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> all right. So, not really much going on with, co- with, with at least around the coaches' sphere of the game, um, but 
this did this did happen. Weirdly enough, this was actually a, a headline on like a, a previous episode and it bit us in the ass. So Gabriel Heinze has been fired from Atlanta United after 13 games. Wow. That 13 games? Really? Yep. Yep. Um wow. Um that is that is crazy. Atlanta Atlanta United right now has two wins, seven draws, and four losses. So they're not even going to give him like little, I guess you could say like little trial run in the season kind of stuff. Like you know, be like, okay, this was his first season. Let's they're, wait and see what he does. They're currently in tenth place, and they're four points away from seventh place, which would be a, a, a spot to get into the playoffs. Mm. So, okay. So, well, we were wrong on that one. We we actually thought yeah, Gabriel Heinze would have been a good move. I I really did, bro. Like I, I was like, man, like I I remember this dude. He was a player, man. And yeah. So this dude, apparently, Tata Martino just spoiled Atlanta. Is is basically pretty what, much. That's pretty much what's going on. Like they. They want somebody already who's just ready to take the reins and all right, let's, let's just do this shit and with oh, whatever I got. Have no fear, Atlanta United, because Frank DeBoer wants his job back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, now, what do you think? Which one? Which one's the lesser of two evils there? What, Frank DeBoer? Frank or, DeBoer or Gabriel Heinze? I would take my chances, Gabriel Heinze. Four points away from seventh place. Like I mean, mm-hmm. the season's not even—they're not even halfway done. So I mean, like, well, I guess okay, MLS All Star Game. Maybe I would say at that point you're at the halfway point. But like, you're, you're not even like yeah, the playoffs are you're like in even, December. Playoffs are in, yeah, like the, so, the, the MLS uh, Cup is in December most likely. I, so, I don't understand why they're giving him such a hard time. Already. I mean, like, the, it's the, like the you thing, said, thirteen games, bro. I think the thing was kind of confusing is the fact that like. You have Joseph Martinez, and I feel like you really haven't seen Joseph Martinez. <laughs> and this was like the player I thought this was. This is the guy to watch this season, and we haven't really been watching him. So, um, it's been weird in Atlanta, man. It's been really weird. I don't know why. It's, this should be a good team. Like Atlanta United should be a good team, um, but they have not. Like clearly, only two wins. But like, I don't know. I feel like it's a little too soon. Like uh, unless like. Something happened between the front office and Gabriel Heinze or something. Um, because this is this to me is kind of a head scratcher. Like, I mean, if they didn't make the playoffs, I could see why you would fire him, but it's only 13 games. Yes, a two seven and four record doesn't look good. But I mean, all you need to do is make get to seventh place. And I mean that's that doesn't seem like a it's not like a reach uh for Atlanta or United right now, especially with the players they have. I think they can turn that they can turn things around easily, but but we won't know that now with Gabriel Heinz again. But it's interesting to see who's going to come in and take over. I highly doubt Frank DeVore will be the guy <laughs> that, yeah. that Atlanta will be calling. I mean, I, he, 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 he basically, basically, it's like, I guess you could say it's kind of like, would you, well, maybe I'm overstepping it here, but would you consider Frank DeVore being like the Mourinho for Atlanta United? Hmm. Like, if, let's say, like, whenever he, he tends to run the team to the ground kind of stuff, or no? No, because at least you have some success with, with Mourinho. 
<laughs> at least you have Frank like DeBoer. you have like a little bit of success with Mourinho. Frank DeBoer has always been like nothing against Frank DeBoer. I mean, I'm sure he he has his, his rightful place, but I mean, I, he doesn't really like it. Doesn't scream like, "Oh my God, this is like the manager of all managers here." In, in my opinion, um, he was kind of a head scratcher move to begin with when he first came to Atlanta. Um, and he hasn't necessarily proven to to be better since. I mean, I mean, granted, you saw what he did with the Netherlands, but once again, you also saw what he did with the Netherlands. Um, this team probably should have been a, a team that should have been competing for the in the final or at least finish a semifinal finish. And well, we saw how that turned out for for, for the Dutch. Um, no. So I don't know, man. I I don't think Frank. I think Frank. It's great that Frank DeVore wants to get like wants a redemption. Um, I think he just wants a redemption period. But, uh, I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see with Atlanta. I think you're in Atlanta. You're in a, if you're a manager, I think you're in a good situation with Atlanta United. And the reason why is just because of the team spends, uh, one, for one, for starters, the team actually spends. Um, I don't know so much about lately. Maybe kind of, I don't know. Uh, Atlanta's kind of, I don't know what's going on with Atlanta, man. Like, I feel like they had like the the plan in place on what they were going to be doing, especially in the beginning. Um, maybe it was because of Tata. Maybe Tata kept the kept the ship right. But um, I mean, the strategy seemed pretty smart, though. Was going to get young, promising South American players, and then when the the teams in Europe are going to go in and, and pay the big bucks, use that money to once again go and invest into some more young uh, South American players. Um, but yeah. I feel like they kind of. Kinda went away from that. I gotta say fully, but kinda went away from that. Um, so I don't know, man. Atlanta's kind of weird. I think it, things got really bad when Joseph Martinez got hurt because they just couldn't find that guy to to take over in that up front uh, for them. Um, and, and weirdly enough, they haven't been playing him. Hopefully, maybe whoever they bring in to like at least take over the team for the meantime at least plays Joseph Martinez because I'm sure that could that's a definitely a good way to turn this team around. Um, at least is, let's ponder that idea first before we, we shut that one off. But, uh, I don't know, man. Atlanta's, Atlanta's weird right now. I don't know why. Atlanta should be good. I, I think Atlanta should be a good team. It's weird that they're not. Like, I, I'll say that. They're, they're good. In, they're good. I mean, uh, like you said, I, I think, I think they're good. But it's just, I don't know. Could you really blame it on the coaching itself? I mean, what do you think? I mean, it's weird. I mean, like, it's they're kind. I don't know. I they need they definitely. I think they need to definitely make some changes, um, as far as like personnel as uh, player wise as well. But I mean, it, it's not it's not a bad situation. I think Arthur Blank has proven to go. Will be will will go out and get like that talent that that the team needs, depending on the manager who he has. Um. Or maybe, hopefully, maybe, you know, Mexico doesn't do so well in the Gold Cup and Tata Martino gets fired so they can get him back. I don't know. Maybe, maybe if that's, that's your strategy right now, if you're Atlanta United, it's just, just hoping that Tata Martino gets fired from Mexico, which yeah. is, is likely to happen, especially since Mexico has been underperforming, still winning, but underperforming at the same time. That's like <laughs> the weirdest thing in the world. And, and you know, if you're a U.S. men's national team fan, you kind of feel the same way, but, um, like you're underperforming, but you're still winning. It's, it's like the weirdest thing to say. But there you are. So maybe, you know, if Tata Martino gets like eliminated or loses the final again, who knows? Maybe, maybe uh, Arthur Blank is going to fly over 
and and bring his guy back. Yeah, so uh, I don't know, man. I, um, oh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I really, I really, I really feel like this should this should give Gabriel Heinz a, a chance. But I mean, it's it's all on them. I'm just I'm just a voice out here. What's done is done. I mean, at this point, yeah. But no, I, I I totally get you. I think I think me personally, I think it's premature. It is very premature to do that. I think uh, personally, but yeah. So that's that's it for the coaching. The coaching, coaching changes or coaching uh, changes or, or rumors or spectrum. I don't know what we're going to call it, but I need to find a legitimate label for this because I don't think it's necessarily coaching changes anymore. But, I mean, it is a change. <laughs> it, it was a change. So, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, technically it's not that far off. But yeah. So, going on with things going on in the transfer rumors. Match tonight close to terms for Rafael Barin. Ooh. Arsenal and Juventus in a fight for Locatelli. I saw, I saw that. I was like, "What?" Like, oh well, that's a big name. This is like, if Arsenal makes his move, all is forgiven. I'm, I'm still gonna hate Stan Kroenke, but all is forgiven if they get Locatelli. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, oh wow! Arsenal offer 50 million for Ben White. What do you think a, of that move? They need a center back. He's a good center back. I like him. <laughs> so, for 50 mil? Would you? Would you? Uh, I mean, it's not Van Dyke money, so. Believe there's, there's there's that. I mean, it's it's happy. I'm I'm just happy to see Arsenal spending <laughs> at the same time. Like, it's something that Arsenal doesn't do. So so at least there's there's the consolation there, the silver lining. It's something, uh, something that they don't do, and then they're actually spending on decent decent players. I guess exactly, you can say exactly. Uh, Juventus yeah. interested in Jorginho. Oh my lord! Manchester United interested in Di Lorenzo. We did talk about how all of us now you're gonna start seeing everyone coming out of the woodwork going for going for Italian players. So yep. They're the hot item now. So there you go, there, so there you go. Uh Serge to train with Mallorca. It's crazy to think this guy was once with with Liverpool and, and look where he is now. Yeah, that's crazy, bro. Things can change, but you know, that's the game. Uh Dorman is confident in Holland staying. I'm 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 kind of like, uh, yeah, I'm kind of like uh, happy, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, eh, like, you know, I kind of want Barcelona to upholster that, you know. Yeah, but if if Holland goes to Barcelona, it's official. Like Tiki Taka said, <laughs> shit. Maybe he might end up picking it up. Who knows? I don't know, man. I don't think that fits to what he does. Yeah. True. And continuing with the theme of people trying to steal Italian players, Chelsea to offer a hundred million for Chesa. Oh damn! Really, <clears throat> Federico Chesa from Juventus? Yep. Wow. Ethan Horvath goes to Nottingham Forest. Good for him. That it, it it's think, not like I a think, oh my god. I think big he's still going to be competing for the number one spot because I do believe Nottingham has like a. Has at least a, a decent goalkeeper, so he's still going to be. Ba- there's still going to be a battle for the top goalkeeper spot, but I yeah. mean, it's it's at least he's competing for it versus where he was at at Club Bruges, where he was just going to be behind Minole, which I can't yeah, believe yeah. that's the sentence that I'm using right now is I'm behind Minole, but there we go. <laughs> that's where we live in. Yeah. Um, Messi to sign a new deal at Barcelona. Oh, all the Barcelona but, fans, trust me, this, this took a giant ass breath. They're like, we'll get, we'll get to that. 
interest has grown for Robert Lewandowski. Seriously? It's grown? Yep. I, I thought it was already grown from the get-go. It's, it's growing even more. Jeez. <laughs> Maybe he goes That's to AC crazy. Milan. <laughs> I mean, apparently AC Milan is just going, out, going after strikers now. So, I mean, like, maybe dude, they, they literally could actually build a whole, like, the front, the front, and the midfield with nothing but strikers. Hey, man, you know, the, the, the five, the six, two, two formation, that could be a thing. No, no, the Jeez. two, two, the two, two, six formation. Yeah. Two, two, six. Jeez. Uh, freaking Ch- jam. Chelsea agreed to terms with Crystal Palace for gay. 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 Okay. That's where, that's where we're going to go his way. Yeah, All right, AC Milan to sign Brahim Diaz for a two-year loan. Wow. Yep, they even had a they, they did a whole thing with him. He's actually going to be wearing number ten this this season for AC Milan. Wow. Okay. Well, let's and see. FC Dallas loses yet another promising young player as Tanner Testman joins Venezia, a newly promoted team in the Serie A. Wow. That's that's crazy. <clears throat> This guy went from saying no to playing football at Clemson to now playing in Syria. Yes. Well, look at that. (laughs) (laughs) Screw it. Arsenal interested in Tammy Abraham. Make this move happen. Make it happen. I don't care. I don't. I don't care what people are going to say. Oh, Tammy Abraham. Tammy Abraham. Everyone can tell you, I've been high on Tammy Abraham. He's been high on this hoe. He's been high on this kid. Bring him to Arsenal. If, if the other team in London doesn't want him, fuck it. We'll take him. You know, that, Ar- Arsenal is known for taking everybody else's players. Might as well, might as well take someone that's actually good. So. He, he, he Basically, what he's trying to say is Arsenal has been known to taking like the rejects that Danny other Wilbur. players don't. They, they don't yeah. So. Yeah, pretty much. And then, um, but yeah, I mean, hey, you know, more power to you on that one, bro. Yep. Speaking of Arsenal players, Saliba to go on loan at Martial. So he's going back to Ligue 1, this time in Martial, joining Quinn and Conrad De La Puente. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually like William Saliba. Like, I what actually is, do. What is Martial doing, man? Like, might be a team to keep an eye out. <laughs> I mean, they might be re bolstering their whole freaking squad. It looks like it. With nothing but youth. It looks like it. I mean, you, you did lose Stalvin, so. Yeah. So we'll see. Celtic to sign Uruhashi. So Celtic definitely trying to compete with Rangers, and I'm guessing this is a guy that they believe could be that, that, that help. Yeah. Barcelona and, Rama, Barcelona and Real Madrid in a battle, allegedly, for he likes Moriba. Damn. They're in a battle? Yep. So currently, Moriba is still under contract at Barcelona, but Barcelona has been trying to get him to sign a new contract with the club, um, and he has not. And so now they have they have thoughts that they believe that Real Madrid has to, something to do with it. So the so little X-Files uh, <laughs> conspiracy music could be played right now if you want to believe that, but yeah. Yeah, I think Manchester United is pushing to try to sign him in. Mm. Yeah, that kid, he likes Moriba, so they're, I think that's what they're waiting for. Like, they're just waiting and waiting to see what's going to be the contract, whether it's the kid's agent or Barcelona be itself. 
exactly. Yeah. All right, man. Tottenham looking to swap Endombele for Leon's AOR. What do you think? I mean, what do you think on that move? I mean, person, person, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know IOR, so I cannot oh, he, say. He's, he's very technically skilled. Unfortunately, he's just French. And so that's the reason why you, you haven't seen him in, his, in the French national team is just because that, that midfield is just loaded right now in France. Yeah. I mean, um, you can't, and plus of all, you can't really take away contest spot. Hell no. Oh, well, I mean, he doesn't play contest spot. He's more of a, a more of a box to box type midfield, very creative. Not saying that Conte isn't great, but Conte could do it all. He can even do my taxes. But um, yeah, like I think our is just. I, I mean, I, I think it's because I like him too much that I don't want him to go to Tottenham. <laughs> I think yeah, you're like no, Arsenal should make the move for him somehow. Actually, well, he's been linked with Arsenal for like years now. So I mean, at this point, like. Oh look, another another Le- a, another Leon player that like Arsenal takes forever to sign. <laughs> so you know, you we went through that whole ordeal with Lacazette. So as, either you get him or you don't, Arsenal at this point is what I think. I mean, I guess Lacazette, you know, in the moment was a good buy when it happened. I still like it's Lacazette, just... man. I still I mean, you know, I have his jersey. But I mean like Yeah, I know. It's just who are you gonna play, Obama or Lacazette? That's like the issue because they both play the same position. You some people are gonna say Obama can play on the wing. I, I disagree. But not it, anymore. I honestly feel like he can't do it anymore. He used to. I feel like he could always do it. Now I kind of feel I, like I, he, I disagree. But th- moving on. Uh okay. Lazio to get Felipe Anderson back for thirty four million. Damn. Didn't necessarily pan out his his run in the Premier League. No, uh, not really. But Maybe a return to Lazio can help him. Sassuolo rejects rejects 30 million offer from Juventus for Locatelli. Well, I mean, you kind of expect that. Yeah. Uh, I think... think No, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say your thoughts. I was going to say 30 million, I feel like it's a little bit low for Locatelli. It's a slap to the face. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Ren is to get Suleimane for 15 million. Uh, according to Nuno Espiritu Santo, I'm going to love saying that name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bale will not be returning to Tottenham. Mm-hmm. That's right. No Garrett Bale. Why? How? Apparently, it's just not in his plans. Maybe he's going to go out and get a, get himself a Portuguese winger. No, here we go with the Portuguese. And go get himself some he's, Portuguese players. He's going he's gonna to build up the Wolves again? Yeah, <laughs> basically. basically. <laughs> oh, man. Right. I mean, I mean, maybe that's what he specializes in. You know, like, he, that's, his, that's his niche. Like, that's his deal. Like, he specializes not just all around the world players, but just Portuguese players in general, and he has a keen eye for them for some reason. Maybe genetic or something that he just has a keen, oh, like uh, he sees it from like 30 yards away, 40 yards away. Oh, his Achilles heel is actually pretty strong. I'm gonna go ahead and get that kid. I just, like, gotta, say, I just gotta say, I love that Wolverhampton has like embraced the whole Portugal thing because I mean, like, one, I, I don't know if it was last season or, or what season it was, but they actually were rock, like their, their second kit was 
was basically the Portuguese jersey. Oh yeah. So, so I, I love when when uh, when teams do that when they like uh, you know what let's embrace it. So <laughs> so I thought that was entertaining, but we'll see what happens with Tottenham. Maybe Tottenham's going to come up with a Portuguese style jersey. Yeah. Um, Inter Milan interested in Bellerin and Tellez. Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, Bellerin um, basically has been told that he's not coming back to Arsenal. Um, Tellez hasn't necessarily even gotten a chance to scratch the starting eleven because of how Luke Shaw has been looking at Manchester United. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the the thing is, that's what I was also that's what I was about to say. I was like, isn't aren't they both like the same position? No, Tellez is a left back. Bellerin's a right back. Okay, I'm over here thinking. Right back. But, but this is kind of confusing now because, like, I believe, well, I guess we don't know now because Inter Milan, uh, Inter Milan has, doesn't, doesn't have Conte anymore as manager because I believe Conte was a, was a, a believer in the, in the three in the back system. But I mean, once again, <laughs> he's yeah. not the manager anymore. Well, crazy enough, you win a championship and you don't come back. So in Inter Milan, at least. And it seems like Inter Milan. But yeah, there we go. Uh, Chelsea willing to offer Hudson Odoi for Coleman. Hmm. That's the, the Coleman at Bayern Munich. Yeah, I was like, hmm. Interesting. Interesting move. Yeah, but I mean. Bi- would, but, but would Bayern budge on that? Uh, they may budge with it, but along with the cash or like, you know, with extra money on the side. Yeah, I'm guessing I think that. they would. Yeah, because I don't think they're gonna let Coleman go that like, easy. Young, even young, even a young winger is that is that the enticing thing? I mean, because they're already loaded at the winger spot. But as, they're loaded at the winger spot, and then well, they they're loaded have, everywhere. Like, they're loaded yeah, everywhere. Pretty much, it's like yeah. So it, it's not it's not anything like that. They're, you know what I mean? Like it's just just bring that don't bring some more youth. Yeah. So I think that's what it is mostly. Like, um, it's just bringing the youth. Um, but honestly, I think I think Bayer may go for it. Like I said, they may go for it if there's like a little cash prize on the side, or if there's like a sell-on clause, or if there's like a hey, um, depending on how he does in the season, you know, if he scores this many goals, we get a piece of that change or something. You know, you know, some some well, 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 something well, crazy. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Chris- Crystal Palace gets way for twenty million. Oh, so <laughs> that uh, Guay, that Guay thing, the the Guhe, Guhe, Gu, ah, Guay, Guay, yeah. Ancelotti wants Dalot at Real Madrid. Huh. Wow. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna look at some guys that he wants, the right back spot. Yeah. But what does that say about? About Carvajal and uh, Oriazola. Uh, it, I mean, I think Oriazola would that be like the next man up? Wouldn't you look be looking at him? Yeah, that's what I said. I mean, obviously, you know, there, there's the, the whole thing that Hakimi wants to come back eventually, but I don't know how long, <laughs> how how soon that's going to be. But no, Oriazola, I think he's looked good. I mean, he's got a Champions League title when he when he went got on loan at Bayern Munich. Uh, I think he, I think he deserves a fair shot. At being the the guy, so I I do like Oriozola. I think he's a good player. So I, I I'm gonna maybe because you know have a little competition between him and Delot could be the the move. 
just to like you know make it a little bit competitive. Uh, I mean, the yeah. lot looks really good. I'm not gonna say that. He, you know, I'm not gonna deny that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, I, like I said, Angelo is gonna start looking at guys that he wants to bring into Real Madrid to play his way. So we'll see all that they do. Um, Chelsea said to offload Timo Werner. Oh man, I mean, you kind of saw it coming. So it, it was it was written in the sand. Yeah. Uh, now the thing is, the the question is now where he might be headed to. Maybe a, a reunion with RB Leipzig. Maybe. Maybe, uh, maybe Jesse Marsh can bring him back. Could be. Could be. All right. Fulham are leaders in race for Harry Wilson. Really? Yep. Hmm. Oh. We'll see how that goes. We will definitely see. <laughs> Arsenal signed Lakanga for eighteen million. Right. He's a he's a, a a young. Also, kind of going back to the 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 Wenger moves, going and getting some young players. <laughs> I like seeing it, but you know, obviously, we need it. We need a we need a big move, a big signing. Ben White may seem big to Arsenal fans, but it's not big big to the rest of the world. A Tammy Abraham sounds good to me, but doesn't sound great to everybody else. But a Locatelli, that that's how you get everybody's attention. <laughs> that's gonna be like the meerkats from the Lion King, just fucking everyone just looking. Yeah. Hopefully, people know, <laughs> know, know get the reference of Lion King one and a half. First okay. of all, if you don't get the reference of Lion King, get Disney Plus or something, or go watch it if you have it on VHS it's, it's, or Blu-ray. It's Lion or King one and a half, man. It's it's uh, it's the meerkats. As soon as as soon as the whole thing starts, the meerkats look towards the sun or whatever the rock, and they oh, fucking look. About it's that part. Okay. Anyways, yeah. Um, apparently, Henderson might be leaving Liverpool. It's a rumor. Not saying what? that's official, but it's a rumor. So okay, I'm gonna need some confirmation here from Kelsey. So, um, Kelsey, if you're listening I mean, to this, I mean. It is. It does seem weird that Liverpool is going for these midfielders. So, uh, what gives? And then to wrap uh, things up, wrap things up, which kind of makes sense here. Manchester United, Liverpool battling for a soul. Oh yeah. Meanwhile, Atletico Madrid and Barcelona are also in talks of doing a swap for for Griezmann and Saul as well. But that wraps up the transfer rumors. Anything you got to say about that last one, Edward? Uh, I think that Barcelona swap is more likely. Um, being in the sense that um, you mentioned it in the previous podcast that Antoine Griezmann going to Atlético Madrid might actually be the move to go to since Joao Felix hasn't been showing up, and maybe Antoine Griezmann and Luis Suarez together they might actually make a more deadlier duo than Joao Felix and Luis Suarez. Even though Joao Felix and Luis Suarez just sounds on paper, it just sounds freaking. Insane, like it just sounds like oh shit, they're about to do some major damage. But here we are, and so I, I think that's more likely because of the fact that Griezmann did bring a lot to Atletico Madrid, and he just didn't bring it to Barcelona. So I think he may have left it there. Maybe you know he still has a lot to offer. He has still has time to play. Um, 
the only thing I feel that Manchester United and Liverpool can offer is just money or if they want to swap certain players. But I I think the, the Barcelona move for Atletico Madrid might be what Diego Simeone might be looking at. I, I, that's, just, that's, just, that's just my opinion. It's not a fact. It's just an opinion. This is all opinion. We're, we, we are not yeah. like we're not the news breakers. We're not. We're not any of that. We're not. We're not experts. <laughs> but anyways, this is, yeah. Anyways, going into headlines, man. I think it's official now. <laughs> we we don't we we're not entirely sure with this guy. We never know. But Aryan Robin has retired. Wow! Really? Finally? Finally? Well, I mean, okay. To be fair, he took a break. He didn't necessarily retire the first time. He just said I was going to take a break, and then next, you know, ends up playing. At, at the club that started off for him. But anyways, at 37 years old, he has now hung it up and called it a career. And what a career this man has had. Um, obviously playing for FC Groningen, the, the club that he actually finished, finished this, his career with was also the club that he started with, played with PSV, played with Chelsea, played for Real Madrid. And obviously the, the team that he's most known for is Bayern Munich. And if you're Mexican, no, I don't know. So, so if, if, you're, if you're Dutch, you love him. If you're a Bayern Munich fan, you love him. But if you're Mexican, you probably hate him. Mm-hmm. And not probably, you, you hate him. There's that. But anyways, in his 21-year playing career, Edward, Jesus Christ, 21 years. That's like, like a kid right now partying in college right now. That's a whole person that, that can drink. <laughs> Jesus Christ. In his 21-year career, he's scored 209 goals and 166 assists. He has a Champions yeah. League, eight Bundesliga titles, two Premier League titles, one La Liga title, one Eredivisie title, five DFB Pokals, one FA Cup, two EFL Cups, and one FIFA Club World Cup. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he's had, a, he's, had a, he's had a hell of a run, bro. And I mean, Every time we would have, like as a Barcelona fan, whether he was in Real or whether he was in, in Bayern and the Champions League came through, every time we had to face that motherfucker along with Frank Ribery, I was always like, fuck, that crazy ass speed and always that cutback with his left foot and that left foot shot. And what's always. crazy is Ribery still playing? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, he's still playing. He's still he's still doing shit, man. So, yeah, but man. I mean, but Arjun Robin though, I mean, always Always, it's always the same. As soon as he would have that speed, he would have that space. Boom, down the wing, down the wing, down the wing, and then all of a sudden it looked like, oh, hey, he's about to shoot it in his left. No, nope. come back, it, come his back, his in, come footwork, back in. man. And there's one thing Dude, you want to yeah. talk about, Robin, is that guy's footwork. Obviously, Mexican fans don't want to talk about his footwork, but <laughs> <Apparently> <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> footwork work for him. In his point, it definitely worked. <laughs> but yeah, so no, the man had like amazing ball handling. I, I one of I think very. I don't. I don't think people talk enough about Arian Robin's ability with the ball. Um, some people may call him a ball hog. It's a fair assessment. Very fair. But uh, I mean, the guy got the job done. Yeah, he did. And uh, I mean, he's he. I mean, I can't really talk down on his game because, for one, I mean, he's he is a a great, great footballer and even though he let's put it this way he did basically what anybody who was tech 
tactically sound of mind would do. Like he he basically um did what any smart person who would be like, man, I'm tired. We already ran this thing. I don't want to go to penalties. He just basically uh, did that in the World Cup, you know, and did that. of course everybody was upset. There was no VAR back in the day. So th- it, honestly, if that, if that was caught VAR lately, do you really want to trust it? Uh, hey, honestly, honestly, though, that would have been 100%. They would have given him a yellow card at that point. And then for him throwing himself like that. But yeah, it, back, the, back then. But now, uh, they're just being really lenient or they're just, uh, I'm checking out the bar. No, there's nothing going on. Or yeah, there is. It, the bar is inconclusive. Yeah, pretty much. I'm like, dude, you're literally re-watching and watching and re-watching and watching. I'm like, you literally have the chance to change this game, but uh, yeah, yeah honestly, is, that penalty it, kick was was a game changer altogether. Very true. This comes from a part of my take, which are, I mean, most people know that that's like one of my one one of the podcasts I like listening to a lot. And uh, they were talking. Well, obviously, they were talking about NFL replay. They weren't talking about VAR, but they had a very interesting thought about about what would you, you should do with NFL replay. And that was having a bar full of drunk guys just look at the replay and have them decide whether or not it was a, it was a you know a foul or not. And so I think that theory should work as well here. Because <laughs> right, that's ba- that's basically VAR right now. So yeah, it's, it, it's, regardless of it, it's still opinion based. Like it, I mean, yes, you have you have a, a second eye and a, a, someone to look at it and like actually thoroughly look at it. But once again, it's opinion based. It's like also looking at fouls. Like, was the foul harsh? What should that should that that been a yellow card? Should have that been a red card? Like, it's opinion based. Yeah, at, at the end of it all, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, until, I get the, you. until the day we manage to have robot referees, which that's gonna suck because now we don't have anybody to yell at. <laughs> so, because <laughs> now we can't yell Shit. at the ref because you know, well, he's the algorithm. You can't argue with the algorithm. <laughs> shit, you could you could yell. It's just it ain't gonna, it ain't gonna do nothing. Exactly. If anything, uh, if anything, I feel like maybe the robot would be like, uh, "No, it's level exceeded." All of a sudden, he'll pull out a fucking yellow card just because you're yelling really loud. I mean, it's a possibility, but yeah. Anyways, congratulations, Arya Robin, on 21 years of just being an amazing player. Or if you're Mexican, you know, you probably hate him. So once again, probably not hate him. You 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 definitely hate him. But yeah, 21, yeah, 21 year career, well, well worth it. Um, they didn't get a World Cup, but maybe that's kind of karma biting him in the ass on that one. But anyways, the next headline Edward is obviously what's going to make you happy. What's going to make all the Barcelona fans happy? Actually, technically, I called it. I just want to point that out there because that was I my know, that was my take for our debate last time, and that was Messi staying at Barcelona. Messi has signed a five year deal to stay. At Camp New, and a, a, a massive team player, by the way, because he took a fifty percent pay cut to stay in his in his boyhood club. Yeah, dude, that's that's honestly uh, insane on his part. Like, not 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 insane, not insane in a bad way, but just insane in in him being, like you said, a team player. Him taking him taking that. Um, into his, into his, into his burn. Exactly. But with that being said, though, 
there's no excuses now, Barcelona. You have to build a team around Messi. Give him the players that he needs to give you guys the success. Hopefully not, because obviously I'm a Real Madrid fan, and I don't want that to happen. But clearly, common sense tells you that that's the next move. <laughs> Once again, maybe maybe continue doing what you're doing. You know, like I won't be mad, but ever will. But I won't be mad. <laughs> Shit. Just, just the, the record show. I won't be mad. So keep, <laughs> keep doing what you're doing, Barcelona. So oh my god. <laughs> keep keep adding players that don't make sense to your tactics. Oh god. Yeah, it's a, it's it's uh, this whole the pie thing. I'm kind of like, in, I don't know. I don't know, man. But anyways, let's move, let's move on with Sergio Aguero. <laughs> anyways, oh, geez. let's move on. <laughs> you have anything else to say about Messi? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, Messi is staying with Barcelona. Everybody's happy. So there is that. Well, except except for Sergio Ramos, who wanted him to be at PSG. Dude, that would have been so awesome. I think I wanted him a little Man, bit more what, at PSG. What, what, what broke my heart even more was just seeing Sergio Ramos put on, I mean, besides him wearing a PSG jersey, but him, there was like a video of him, you know, I guess taking photos with the, with the PSG jersey. And oh, then, that's right. And then he, uh, and then he like went over to where he normally has his armband and he realized that he doesn't, he's not a captain anymore. So that, that, oh. broke, that, that broke my heart. So. Yeah. <sighs> <Well>. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Tear in his eye, tear in his eye, tear, tear in his eye. But anyways, next thing you know, the freaking insert name FC is gonna drop once again. Me and jam into Coldplay again, or yeah. or on Hinge FC. Apparently, they got the they got the footage now. They hey. got it. Yeah. Anyways, so this is the this is definitely the headline that I wanted to talk about because it just seems like everything is just not working Florentino Perez's way. <laughs> As of lately, he's he oh basically God, no. he somehow became the face of the Super League. I don't. I'm not gonna say somehow. He kind of made himself the face of the Super League because he what he does what Florentino Perez does, and that state his opinion. So, um, but yeah, so he he became he made himself the face of the of the Super League, and things just you know people hated him. I'm sure I'm sure people sent him some very hateful messages and all that. Um, oh yeah, but even more so now people are. Like hey, like we said in uh, about, about when we talked about last week about uh, Osman Dembele, be careful what you say because everything can be used against you. Mm-hmm. And so what happened with Perez is that there was some recordings that had been leaked out of Perez speaking on Real Madrid players and Jose Mourinho. Um, and the, this is the quotes that came that at least the the ones to point out. So this is about Cristiano Ronaldo. So prepare yourselves. This guy is an idiot. A sick man. You think this guy is, you think this guy normal, but he's not normal. Otherwise, he wouldn't do all the things he does. I don't know if this is so much of an insult or a compliment because it's kind of like it looked insulting at the beginning and then it kind of went to like, I, I don't know what this, like, he wouldn't do all the things he, like, he's talking about like the outside of stuff stuff. Cause I mean, if you're talking about definitely not the plane. Well, I mean, okay, let me tell you something. The way it sounds now, this is just me insinuating, assuming it could be he's trying to ruffle some feathers. How Cristiano appears is clean cut, no tattoos, no drinking, no drugs, no anything. Maybe in Florentino's weird mind, he's trying to say, oh, he takes 
sports enhancing drugs, even though these players go through a constant, you know, drug yeah, I, test I think, I think or about his, steroids like, or something. I don't, don't, I don't think he's talking about that. I think he's just talking about like his off the field things, which isn't really much. I mean, well, aside from just getting a lot of people pregnant, but I mean, like, I mean, that's <laughs> that, like, I guess being an underwear model, but, uh, yeah, I, I really don't see anything where you can really hate on Ronaldo. I mean, the guy stepped up and and raised the kids himself. So I mean, you can't hate him for that. I mean, he you know mm-hmm. he's he's owning up. To, I don't know, man. I think the Florentino just wanted to yeah, like you said, ruffle ruffle some feathers. I don't think I I think he just doesn't approve what Ronaldo does. I mean, he he lives a glamorous yeah. lifestyle. I mean, I, I'll give him that, but it's not like he yeah. it's not like he's a terrible person. I mean, the the reason why he doesn't get tattoos oh, no. is so he can donate blood. But I mean, yeah. like. I don't know. It's like it's like how do you how can you hate on? It's like like hating Cristiano Ronaldo and like hating Messi as a person, not necessarily the like about their playing abilities or how you feel about them in the goat debate, but just like just in general, it's just like how can you hate on Ronaldo, especially when he was like one of your pivotal reasons as to why you won so many Champions Leagues. But um, but yeah, he so, has so much hate. He has so much hate for him, like for some reason. But yeah, I, I think he just. To, to be honest, I think with Perez, it's always been personal on certain aspects. I think everything's personal for Perez, to be honest. But yeah. Now here's talking about some legends and start things off with Iker Casillas. He's not a Real Madrid goalkeeper. What can I say? He never has been. He has been our biggest mistake. Okay. The, pro- the problem is everyone loves him. I don't know. He has so many people on his side. But anyway, he is one of the biggest frauds. Look, okay, so me and you both knew this. When Casillas went into the team, when he was in the team, we knew that wasn't Betis' ideal goalkeeper. We knew this, mm-hmm. like, from, from a long time ago. We knew he was looking for a tall, um, you know, um, basically Diego, Diego a tall Lopez. Diego Lopez. <laughs> or Yeah, which, which you know, was like, and then Iker Casillas compared to them, he was a smaller, smaller frame kind of guy, but he became the face, or he became one of the faces of Real Madrid because of everything, everything he did. Yeah, he, every yeah, for the captain, he also he, everything he did for the club, and then even internationally. So I mean, you can't, like I said, this is this is all him. Honestly, I think he's just he just has some of that haterade left over. Oh, uh, it, it goes and, even it goes even higher because he goes after one of the biggest legends in Real Madrid. Well, Definitely, like the, the the big part of the first Galacticos. Raul. Basically, basically, this like the Carlos Puyol of Barcelona is like this is the, Raul would be the face of yep. Real Madrid in that way, so, in that so, aspect. So here's what he had to say about Raul: He's a negative guy. He's destroying Madrid and the morale of the players. So that people say it's Madrid who are playing badly, not Raul. So he's saying that he's making people say that. It's terrible what a bad kid he is. He's not going to play for Madrid anymore. That's your goat, by the way. Yeah, right. that's his, That's basically the... the He was a striker that basically motivated... I still remember there was times where, I mean, hell, even I mean, when Ronaldinho would be on the, on the field, you know, he, even if they were losing, he would still be A, telling them, come on, let's go, come on, we got to move, come on, we got to mm-hmm. win. You know, it's like even even and he was still like, remember, it's not over. when it's Ronaldo not over. first came to to Real Madrid, he wore number nine in yep. respect to Raúl. 
So he's, he's, this is a bold man. I'll give him that. He's a bold man. <laughs> he yep. played the whole victim card with the whole Super League thing. Anyway, so continuing on, this is the last person, which is Jose Mourinho. I'm sure. I'm sure there's many people that have nothing nice to say about Jose Mourinho, but let's see what he has. What he has to add on to it. It's not right. that he does not want to play. Well, he's a bit abnormal. That said, he has been overwhelmed by the pressure. Mm. Here's the thing, though. Jose Mourinho has been pressured everywhere he's gone. And I have never seen him at all be phased by it. Actually, as, as he, far as... He has a, well, okay, let's put it this way. He's been phased, but you can tell when he's been phased on by it, when, when his, with his reactions. Or with his comments after the games, yeah, he, he basically but, blames, blames everybody but himself. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, that's normally him. So it had it wasn't like a big ass boom, like a big blowback to where, uh, for example, when okay, let's say for example when Pep was the manager of Barcelona, and you know Pep was winning, Pep was doing all great things, but then when all of a sudden it started going downhill just a little bit, just even a slight decline. The pressure got to him, and then he even admitted it himself. Oh, the pressure's getting to me. Everybody's expecting me to win every single game, and it's not possible. Like this is football. Like we, mm-hmm. this is random. Like it's all players. It's all the coaches. It's everybody. It's not just Mourinho. Never ever admitted to that. Like oh no, like he was like oh no, it's you know like I was always under pressure. No, like he was just like okay, this player he's not doing what I'm asking him to, so that's why I didn't play him. You know, he was always like not under tremendous pressure or whatever i mean or he wasn't he's he's not overwhelmed by the pressure honestly like i feel like Mourinho basically is just he wouldn't get phased by it like you said it's just the way that he is just he was like okay if this is not working he's gonna quickly change something he's gonna try something else. Yeah, exactly. or if he's really stubborn is hard-headed he's gonna stick with the same game plan he's had even though it's not working yeah exactly i totally agree with that but yeah so mm-hmm. And, and obviously, what does Ferrantino Perez do? He's saying, I'm being attacked because of the Super League. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong on that one. But that that is what's going on. Oh, no. Perez is just, Perez is just, he's just a character, man, at this point. Truly, truly a character. But anyways, that's what's going on with Perez. Now, Edward, here we are with the debate topic. We're going to make this really quick because, you know, we, we got, we still got a lot of the show to go to. Um, yep, yep, yep. This is the debate topic, man. And that is, well, first of all, is dropped right now on our social media, Instagram and Twitter at insert name FC. It's going to be posted. You can look at it, you can see it, and you can actually respond to it. So make sure you guys do. And if you guys have an idea for a future debate topic, you can send it to us on the post by just commenting on the post, or you can send it to us directly once again on Instagram or Twitter at insert name FC. All right, Edward, today's debate topic is. Who will be in the GOAT debate not named Alon and Mbappe? Uh, are you talking about like on the upcoming ones, like in the future? Or? Well, obviously, the upcoming, like obviously, Alon and Mbappe is like that, that, that next Ronaldo versus Messi. But who also okay. deserve, like, you know, even though we had Ronaldo and Messi, we also have Lewandowski. So, like, yeah, who, who, who joins that? That, that debate. Who deserves to be going into that debate? You know, ironically, bro, you already you named him right now. And honestly, I do think Lewandowski is one of those greats. Um, who will be so, in the GOAT debate? Who will be in the GOAT debate? Not, who will be? 
Um, well, I guess maybe future wise, shit, man, I can't. It's it's really hard, man. It's like no other name really stands out. It's really difficult. I mean, if you have enough, if you have one in mind, go ahead and say it. So you can't see anybody else up there with Holland and Papa. I'm really thinking. I don't want to say Neymar because Neymar's already kind of like out there. Um, okay, I'll, I'll I'll say mine, and I, I've said this before. Phil Foden. Phil Foden. Okay. Oh yeah, we did we did say that about him. He is, yeah, I think I think I think, I think Phil Foden. I think it, for what he does, because I mean he he could he could do. I think he could do it all. Honestly, he could play center attack a bit, but he can also play in the wing. We saw that in in, in the Euros. I, I think yeah. that I think he he is that clinical player, and he could be that guy that can compete. To also be competing for for Ballon d'Ors along with these two, um, I mean, obviously, with you know, bearing everything that happens with him in Manchester City, if he stays with Manchester City as well. But I think as long as he's in a good situation and he's in a competitive club, and he's one of the reasons why that club is so competitive, I think he's definitely going to enter that debate topic. As long as he's not in the same team, one of these two, because I think he'll be overshadowed by one of these two. But I think Holland, I mean, Bowden is definitely one of those guys. That would be in this debate topic. Damn, in the go debate. Yeah, and then he's one of my favorite players. I can't believe like I forgot about him. But um, okay, okay. Um, well, I mean, um, shoot, Eric. I mean, you want to say Phil Pond, you can say Phil Pond. I mean, that's the thing. I'm trying to think of somebody else. Like I am. Like I'm really racking my brain right now. Um, I mean, if you can't. Uh, well, no. The thing is, like, okay. So you know, I I thought he was gonna be great, but uh, Dybala. But with all the injuries he's sustained and COVID yeah, being out, he's not he's kind of out the, of it already. He's not in the age group as Holland and Mbappe. So, yeah, I know. He's 28. He's 28 or Some are a little closer to that group. <laughs> some yeah. are a little closer to that um, Shit. Um, I mean, for now, honestly. Oh, you know what? You know who does have the... the I think he's 23 or 24. Uh, Lotaro Martinez. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he does, he does have the... He, to me, he's like... He has that same playing style as, as Haaland. Like he covers the ball very well. I'll be honest, he's not like the freaking cyborg, but he has that ability. Like he has that that agility as well. Um, he's not as fast as Holland, but I'll give him that. He he always goes for goal, you know. And he's he's he is a clinical finisher and he's headstrong. So I mean, and and look who he's playing with. So he can learn, you know, certain things from his Lukaku. For all we know, he's building up his body just so he could be that big. But so I mean, yeah, I think Lutaro Martinez is one of those names that you're gonna see later on. All right then. All right. So and there you have it. Edward says Lautaro Martinez. I have Bill Fodden. So once again, the debate topic is there available on Instagram and Twitter at InsertNameFC. You guys go ahead and share us your thoughts. And if you guys have an idea for a future debate topic, well, you can send it our way once again on Instagram and Twitter at InsertNameFC. Yes, sir.
All right. So that's the debate time. We're going to go ahead and take a break. And then you guys are going to hear our interview with Glenn Davis. And then we'll lead into game recaps. So ad read, Glenn Davis, and then you go to us for game recaps. Hey, it's Hector. Yo, this is Edward. And, and we, we are Insert Name FC. Listen to us discuss news, recaps, and preview games from across the world of soccer. Catch us on unhingedsn.com on Thursdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. We, we will see you there. All right, guys, I have a very special guest with me today. He is the host of Soccer Matters with Glenn Davis. Kind of mentioned his name right there. On 97.5 ESPN Houston, he has over 25 years of broadcasting experience, which includes the 2018 People World Cup, the voice of the Houston Dynamo, at least that's what I'm going to say, and a Hall of Famer at Davis Elkins College, Mr. Glenn Davis. Hector, thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate Um, it. So, one, I'm a little bit jealous of you because of the fact that you did get to announce the World Cup and you were alongside with Kobe Jones. That's my, like, childhood idol. Um, So, I thought that was the coolest thing was to have, like, a familiar uh, voice because of the fact that you announced the Dynamo matches and then to be alongside Kobe Jones. I I think by bias, you guys became my favorite pairing during the World Cup. Well, that, listen, uh, I've been blessed to be around, uh, you know, a lot of the analysts that are former U.S. men's national team players and women's players like Kobe Jones. Kobe's a great guy. Um, you know, funny story. I left my uh, my uh, wallet in his car and I was in Beverly Hills after we had done a game and uh, he, 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 he he had to drive back and give it to me. But uh, no, nah, he's a great guy. Obviously, he's a U.S. soccer legend and um it's always fun to work with him and get the perspective of all these guys who played in World Cups and have oh, been to the highest that. level of the so sport. So to start things off, we always ask this first question to everybody we have that comes onto the show, and that is, what got you into this game? Like, what made you fall in love with the game of soccer? Yeah, I had a couple of great influences, and that 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 always is the most intriguing question to me when you talk to people. But uh, mine was a combination of things. Um, New Jersey was a soccer-rich state. I had an amazing youth soccer coach from Kearney, New Jersey, a man named Tom McDonald, uh, Scottish, who made the game more interesting, more exciting than any sport that I was involved with. Uh, I had a brother who played college soccer and was drafted in the North American Soccer League. But then the other big one was I grew up near a giant stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey, when Pelé came over. And the New York Cosmos were drawing 40, 50, 60,000 people for regular season games. So I got to see the greats like Pelé, Niskins, Carlos Alberto, uh, on and on it went. So the combination of all those things um, really is what uh, just just spiked the interest in the game. But I, I would go back to first and foremost, my youth really coach, cool. Tom McDonald. I, I believe Tom McDonald had quite the resume before coming to being a coach, correct? Yeah, you know, look, he he was a passionate man about soccer. Um, You know, he was from a very soccer-rich ethnic area, which is Kearney, New Jersey. I mean, he originally was from Scotland, but Kearney, New Jersey is the place that spawned, you know, uh, John Harks, Tab Ramos, the current coach of the Dynamo. uh, And and he brought us into those areas from the suburbs to to play soccer uh, against these sort of ethnic quote unquote, base teams. And at that time in New Jersey, the areas in and around New York City were where the soccer was being played. Soccer was not really as deeply embedded in, 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 in 
the suburbs. So you had to really kind of go into the city to find the real game or closer to the city. So any given weekend, we would play a team that was based of kids from Portugal, from Ireland, from Scotland, from Germany. So there were these great areas, Ukrainians. Um, that was a part of uh, the rich heritage of New Jersey, still is. And uh, those areas were really defined back then. I don't think it's like that anymore. But you got your education through your coach. You got your education playing on dirt fields against ethnic-based teams. And then you had the big profile of Giants Stadium. And, of course, you had a brother playing the game, too. So all those things combined uh, helped really to develop my love and appreciation for this game that uh, I've been so fortunate to and be involved with that, for so Since long. you have such a long time with this game, not just by playing, but also being a broadcaster. Uh, how has, how, how much has the game grown since your playing days? Yeah. So let's, I mean, you know, look like anybody, as you get older, the, the expanse of your lens goes farther and farther out and you have deeper and deeper reference points that you can go back to. Right. So You know, I'm playing professional soccer. I come here in the 80s, 1984 to Houston. Houston is a very different place. I'm on a team called the Houston Dynamos, plural, with an S at the end of it. Uh, we play our home games in high school stadiums like Del Mar, Butler Stadium. We play international games in these places. We go on the road. We might play in the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville in front of five or 6,000 people. We might go to the Silver Dome in Detroit five or 6,000 people in these big empty uh, NFL stadiums. And a lot of the games were on artificial surface. There were still lines on the field. So we like to call ourselves kind of pioneers. Now, I would bet that if even you talk to some of the Dynamo players that were on the championship team in six and seven, they will tell you how different Major League Soccer is now. I mean, there were 12 teams back then. There's 27 now. There's more coming. There's more money in the game. There are more jobs in the game. Um, so, listen, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Got to play against guys that played in the World Cup with and against them, which was pretty remarkable back then. Um, you know, so there, there, there's nothing that uh, I would change. You know, like, That's so cliche. The journey is a part of it. It, it. it totally is. And those were great times back then. These are great times now. I ran a youth club for 11, 12 years and was in player development, which was very important to me and really was some of the most endearing things I've ever been involved. That's great. Um, so kind of talking about with the youth development, how much has that grown in your, in your opinion? Yeah, youth soccer has grown in a significantly different way. Although I will say in the early years down here in Houston, you know, I helped to run a soccer club called the Hurricanes. There was the Texans with Roy Reese. And there were players coming out of Houston going in, going into Major League Soccer. You know, Rusty Pierce, Eric Cavello, Sam Forco, Chris Bondi, uh, Josh Gardner, uh, Johnny Torres, the Baba Brothers. There's a tremendous history here, which we have really sadly foregone and have not tapped into because I just don't think people know this stuff. Um, and these guys all then would, would coach and are involved in coaching and would just really help compound the growth of the game. Um, but youth development has changed a lot. There's a tremendous amount of money changing hands that really 
was not the end game for me back then until I realized I might want to get married and I realized I didn't have a lot of money. Um, so I think it's highly sophisticated now. Um, uh, there's a lot of great about it. I think there's tremendous coaches out there. I also think there's too many people that are a little bit too much about the money and running the numbers as well. And I think that's, that's a really honest take. Most people aren't going to say, but I do believe that. But uh, I do think there's a lot of good going on. I, I wish we had a more specifically to Houston. I wish we had a more unified soccer community. Uh, it's it's unified in many ways, but it could be so, so much better. So obviously, as once you called it uh, for the coaching career and, and you went into broadcasting and journalism, uh, what was that transition like from you know being part of the game to now talking about the game? Yeah, well, it was. I was very fortunate because I got approached by there was an indoor team in the, in '94 called the Houston Hotshots. That was a World Cup year, as you know, and Todd Ramos knows as well. Um, and I got an opportunity. Somebody said, "Hey, would you like to be the color analyst?" So all of a sudden, I'm on HSC, which was Home Sports Entertainment at the time, which is now you know Fox Southwest. And uh, you know, I'm breaking in with Bill Land, who's now the San Antonio Spurs play-by-play man and has been around, you know, that, that team and all the titles. Um, and, and, you know, I just started doing this and all of a sudden I started getting more jobs. You know, I was working for the, with the launch of Fox Sports World. I'm flying to LA on the weekends doing two Italian Serie A games. I'm doing men's national team, women's college. I was in the right place at the right time. Um, as a youth soccer coach, I knew about coaching points and I just kind of translated that over to uh, television, which I had a lot of learning to do, obviously. Started as a color analyst and then transitioned into the play-by-play role, which I thought was unique because um, I feel like from the play-by-play role, having been an ex-professional soccer player, I can set the analyst up uh, maybe a little bit differently than others. So, um, that's when I transitioned out of coaching. Coaching was wonderful. It was seven days of the week. It was soccer fields every single night, which was a place I loved to be. But um, there was an interest in trying to grow the sport in the media. And then this spawned all the radio shows that I have, which, by the way, I've been on the radio for 17 years. Started at Public Radio in Houston at 90.1 KPFT. Um, and, you know, then it turned into more mainstream radio, which... I don't think anybody's had a radio show on that long. It's monetized by myself. It's sold by myself, which, you know, I'm not the greatest. I'm a good salesman for soccer, but I'm not great salesman in the corporate world. So, uh, you know, uh, that was a bit of a challenge. But on the other hand, it allows me to talk yeah, about whatever I want on the show. Part. And yeah, you do have the, the longest running English soccer program, at least in the state of Texas, which to me, that's all that really matters. But um, yeah, I, I mean, talking about your radio, uh, how how... Uh, the radio show Soccer Matters, how did that uh, essentially, what what sparked you to, to create the radio show? Yeah, that's a great question, Hector, and I appreciate you asking that. You know, I was sitting around and I was just going, you know, God, you know, we don't get anywhere near the coverage that all the other mainstream sports do. And of course, I would say that still today. I mean, that's a big problem here in Houston. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother uh, topic. But you know, I said, what can I do? Uh, how do I create something that can, you know, help put some attention on the players, the teams, the league, the game that I love so much? And you know, I read the mission statement at 90.1 KPFT, and I'm like, wow, soccer fits this perfect. And I went in, I talked to Dwayne, who was the manager there, 
who's still a friend today. And Dwayne says, oh, we would love to have a soccer show. So I used to come on Sundays after, um, I think it was a grassroots, and, and they were excellent, the, the two hosts. They would come in with their own vinyl records. Um, it was kind of a bluegrass show. And, and the gentleman who ran it with, with the female, the, with the lady, uh, he was in a bluegrass band. And, and then there was a blues show on Sunday. So, you know, it was interesting programming. but. Um, that's where I cut my teeth. I learned how to do radio, um, you know, and I, I'm indebted to 90.1 for giving me the opportunity back then. And then ultimately I got it monetized and I took it to, to the sports animal 790. And then Dave Tepper was over at ESPN and, and he wanted brought over there. So I get off a plane from caller an MLS game somewhere around the country. And I'd go over to, um, in the Montrose area to 90.1 and, and do the game. But the motivation was to give a platform to players, to star build, to get more attention for the game. And I'm, I'm honestly a little bit disappointed that we're, we're, we're not as accelerated now in some ways we are, but you know, I just, I just wish we would hear a little bit more soccer talk on in the mornings, but, but this takes tremendous work. It's, it's not going to fall to you. You have to create relationships and, I think I've got great ones over at ESPN 97.5 because I've been able to get in there and speak with the other hosts and, and they respect the sport. And, and fortunately uh, they show me respect as well. So no, I that's, totally agree. I think that's part with of it. the game is just as it starts growing more and more in the country, um, the interest is continuing to grow. Uh, hopefully we start seeing a little bit more towards the MLS as well. But I, obviously there's that, that connection with the European game here because uh, one of the things that I find so unique about at least specifically Houston, Texas is just how many, how diverse this city is. Um, you know, I growing up specifically in Southwest Houston, you know, in the Sharpstown area, I've played with a lot of my friends that are Mexican. I'm Salvadorian. So I played with a lot of Mexican, Central Americans and, and some players, some guys that play, you know, that were from Nigeria. And we, we, it's just a, a mixture of things that we play with. And it was just crazy to think that like, all you needed was a ball. And then we use our backpacks as like goalposts. And that's how we build some of these, some, some great friendships that I've built over the years just from playing a game. Um, but for uh, my question to you is how would you define the soccer culture in Houston? First of all, I want to say that's a great story you just told. I love that. Cause, cause that's, that's the beauty of this game. We used to do that in New Jersey, you know, Every age would come. We put two soccer balls down. You hit the soccer ball at the other end. That's a goal, you know. Um, but look, um, I, we are so diverse. It's it's an amazing city with with amazing cultures. And you know, you just think about everybody bringing their culture here. And the one thing that unifies us can always unifies us is is the sport of soccer, football. Um, we talk about diversity a lot when it comes to soccer, and I'm talking strictly soccer here. Uh, but we don't do enough to engage all the different pockets that we have in Houston. Why aren't more Salvadorians coming to the game? Why aren't more Hondurans coming to the game? Why haven't we tapped into the Nigerian soccer community that's so passionate, right? The Mexican soccer community, we're told, oh, they won't come to the games because they'll only support Tigris and Monterey. I don't believe that. I, I, there's... Executives who tell me that, people have told me, I do not believe that for one bit. I think we got to stop the lip service. I think we got to get out into those communities, learn to understand them, listen to them. Um, we need to 
culturally do things for these different groups, I think. You know, why haven't we ever had a Honduran day when Honduras is going to a World Cup and we got a Boniac Garcia on our team who's a national hero, right? I mean, the, the, these are simple things. Darwin Sorrent, Salvadorian. I've, I've, I spent a month in El Salvador and I know the passion for soccer there. I, I don't want excuses anymore. Uh, I, I want the warriors and foot soldiers to get into these communities and let's make BBVA the palace of soccer that it can be, despite the heat and despite the fact that we got transient people and we don't think we're a good soccer town and all these great excuses that people give. Okay, if we're going to applaud ourselves um, for packing Mexico games uh, in Energy Stadium, then we better find a way to get those people to go to our games. Okay, so if there's all these experts out there patting each other on the back, uh, and I'm in this group, okay, um, we need to figure out the ways to get those people to come to BBVA to support the MLS product. And I don't think we've done a good enough job. Uh, We've been negligent there. I feel that there's a lot of excuses that, that people make, at least for the Houston Dynamo specifically. But I mean, the culture is there, you know, and, and if for people, I always think when people use the excuse of, of the temperature of the stadium when, when it gets hot enough. I mean, I've been to games in El Salvador and, and I mean, they're basically, the seats are basically concrete and people are, are at the games. I mean, most of the time they're not even sitting, they're standing the whole game. Um, you know, so I don't, I, I, you're talking about the Cuscatlan, right, Hector? I've called many games in the Cuscatlan. Yeah. You know that? Unbelievable. I never forget I was in Cuscatlan to call the, it was the Central American and Caribbean games. And Venezuela was playing in the tournament. Um, and Mexico played El Salvador in the final. El Salvador won. It's a concrete stadium, like you said, right? It's passionate soccer people. Um, friend of mine, uh, is from El Salvador and I'm walking through the crowd and you know, you kind of have to you better have blue on first of all, uh, you better have blue on or you're going to get something thrown at you. But I'm walking to go up to a very rudimentary TV booth and I see a man yelling my name with his arms up in the air and he's got a, a, a U.S. sort of flag polo shirt on and, and it's my friend. And um, you know, he's from El Salvador. I couldn't believe it. It was, un- it was an unbelievable moment, but you know, it's a stadium that's falling apart and the passion in there, uh, unbelievable. And the passion of El Salvadorian um, soccer fans is unbelievable. So these are all amazing groups. We, we need to tap into them. I, I hope we get some flexible ticket pricing like we've seen with the 713. I think that's been a great move, but I don't think it should be a one-time thing. Um, we got to make it a little bit more affordable for oh, some yeah. of the hardcore soccer fans. I think- Honestly, for me, and I love, I love the atmosphere of BVA Stadium. You know, I've been a Dynamo fan since, since they came here from San Jose. Um, and, and even at the, at the days in Robertson Stadium, I thought that it was electric. The crowd was electric. I mean, I felt like we had like a, a, a fairly full house in Robertson Stadium. And then to go to BVA, and I mean, for a while, you know, the Dynamo had one of the longest, uh, you know, uh, undefeated streaks when the, when the stadium was built. And I mean, you saw like, we, there's proof that there, there's a fan base here. Um, I, unfortunately, I just think that there's that misconnection that's, that's been developed with the, with the fans and the, and the team. But you're right. I think that there's a way to, to reach out to the fans. We got lazy. We didn't sustain it. 
um, we got gifted, and I mean that, gifted, the best team in the league. And if you were following the team, which not everybody was following MLS when it came here. At the time, I was writing for the Houston Chronicle, and I would rewrite the same article um, about why MLS should come to Houston because having been here since 84, I knew how strong the youth community was. I knew the adult community was strong. I knew the passion that was out there. I knew the talented Houstonians that were involved in growing the game. And I knew the diversity. This is all you would want, right? All the ingredients are here. These are all unique potential fans that we're not bringing to the table. But unfortunately, I think we got a little bit fat down here and and, and our leadership could have been a lot, lot better. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I want to speak the truth. Uh, but the leadership could have been better. And we sat on a stadium in two titles for way, way too long. And to me, those are the times when you have to work harder. You work harder during your, your best times to sustain it. And then, you know, I don't think we were thinking out. I don't think we had a 5, 10, or a 15-year plan that talked about youth development that was getting ahead of it when it comes to vision, we didn't. And I'm also, I, I also, over the years, feel there were more Houstonians that were very talented people on the soccer side I'm talking about that were neglected and, 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 and should have been a part of this organization. I think every organization in MLS, uh, when you're in the ground in a city, you gotta, you gotta have local hires. You gotta find your local best. That doesn't mean everybody who knocks on your door and says, hey, uh, I really know a lot about soccer. I deserve a job. No, you got to be talented enough and, 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 you, and you have to be the best of the best. And I just wish um, and hope that now with uh, Ted Siegel taking yeah, over, a lot we can of optimism with, with Ted Siegel taking over. Caution off, uh, right now, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm optimistic nonetheless, um, just because I, I feel there's a there's a, uh, I don't know, a certain energy that, that I feel amongst at least the Dynamo fans with Ted Siegel uh, taking over. And, and hopefully we, we can see some things uh, happen with this club, which I think, like uh, like you and me have said, Houston is is a, is a hot spot for soccer. Maybe not, not, not so much like New Jersey was, but I think very, very... <laughs> oh, I, it, it totally is. No, no. Houston's a massive place. We got 8 million people proper here. This is a massive soccer city. And, you know, we also have to get off this tangent of just, you know, oh, when Mexico comes, look at what we draw. You know, that's great. But we got to translate that over to the MLS product. And that means all our leadership groups, whether it's Lone Star Sports and Entertainment, it's Houston Dynamo, Harris County Sports Authority, all these groups, they are the gatekeepers of our sport here. We all got to do more. And I'm including all three of those groups, and I'm including myself in that as well. Uh, We got to do more we got to be more diplomatic about how we're going about trying to grow this thing and, and not just, you know, throw darts at a wall. We, we, we have a lot of work to do here and it's not going to be easy because it's been down times for many, many years here and it's going to be a slow rebuild, but we have to commit to a plan and a purpose in order to bring all these great uh, soccer potential unique fans to the to the forefront of a BBVA stadium and get them in that building. That's the perfect way to end this. Um, I know you're from New Jersey, uh, Glenn, but I think you're more Houstonian than you think. Uh, <laughs> I'm a Houstonian at heart now, no question. I, I I just like a great soccer player. I I have uh, been naturalized. I, I'm a Houstonian and uh, I'm a I'm Texan, and I'm very proud. So. 
Uh, thank you for giving us your time. Um, would you like to tell the people where they can find you? Yeah, um, Soccer Matters. Uh, well, I have a show in Austin on the Horn on Monday nights at 7 o'clock. It's hornfm.com in Houston. It's Soccer Matters on ESPN 97.5. That's uh, 975.com. Uh, Twitter, Glenn Davis Sock. Uh, Instagram, Glenn Davis Sock. There's the shameless promotion, Hector. But you know what? When nobody else will promote you, you got to do it yourself, right? So exactly, that's exactly. part of the beauty uh, of the Thank journey. you so much. And I appreciate it. And uh, can't wait uh, to see what else this, this Houston, Houston soccer town can do. Hector, thank you very much and keep up the good work. We need great young, talented guys like you that are passionate about the game. And that's, that's very impressive coming from you. So thank you for having me up. <laughs> thank you so much. And we are back. Huge props to Glenn Davis for that interview. Truly, in my opinion, a once-in-a-lifetime interview. Um, so can't wait to, to continue growing with that with that partnership with, with Glenn Davis. Oh yeah, hands down. Like you said, it's it's once in a lifetime. It's it's an honor, really. So yeah, exactly. Especially for what he means as far as the soccer world here in Houston. So uh, just a, a personal hometown person that I think was really great to get a chance to interview. Um, but anyway, games to recap, man. What's your game to recap? All right. So my game to recap is actually the USA versus Canada, or, you know, as uh, Barney from How I Met Your Mother said, Canadian. So, or as Michael Scott said, Canada. Canada. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, the USA actually beat Canada 1 0. Um, Canada had 50. Par- 55% of the possession and Canada outshot USA 14 shots to six. So Canada basically had their bullets loaded in the guns. Just the aiming wasn't right. And the goalkeeper was actually blocking, you know, a majority of them. Um, and actually in that one zero win against Canada, Shaq Moore scores the fastest goal in the gold cup history. So that in itself right there. And it was, a, it was a pretty technically sound goal. Somebody just wasn't watching his run. That's all it was. It was something very simplistic, but it was actually really nice. It was nicely done. I actually liked that goal. I was like, hell yeah. It was, re- it was a really nice goal. Yeah, no, I like Shaq more. Um, I, I think right now plays in the second division in Spain. Um, definitely one of the interesting uh, additions to this call-up for the U.S. men's national team. A lot of people weren't sure uh, if he was going to play, obviously, because of with Reggie Cannon on the team, but Reggie Cannon dealing with with a, with a little injury. Um, Shaq Moore has been able to step up and definitely show his quality of a player. And and maybe this is uh, him playing this well. Maybe it gives him an opportunity to go go elsewhere, or maybe he stays loyal to, to the club he plays with right now. But I think Shaq Moore has, like, has looked like one of the best best players in this team right now in this, in this call-up. Oh, yeah. I agree with you on that one. So, but yeah, there's a one oh USA, USA, USA. Which that also helps them win the group as they are now the winners of Group B. Um, but I mean, obviously positives, but obviously also this is not necessarily wasn't this. It's, it's been a an a, uh, an overwhelming start for for the for the U.S. men's national team, at least for fans. Obviously, you know you have a one nothing win against Haiti. Um, he did good against Martinique. A lot of these games, you kind of have been taking it with a grain of salt because, you know, U.S. hasn't necessarily looked as good as you would hope. 
Um, and, and I mean, but taking on a team like Canada, um, still, there were some questions still left to be answered, but I mean, it, it, kind of how we said with Mexico, even though, you know, they're underperforming, but they're winning. This is the, yeah, is exactly. the part. yeah. I mean, that's, that's the best as you can put it, bro. So, I mean, but Hey, they got the three wins. They, they, they got the sweep in their group and they're moving on hopefully to, to get a strong finish. So we'll continue. So yeah. Congrats for USA to win that game. Yes, sir. Now, what's your game to recap? So I'm going to go to the MLS Network. And my game is just a shootout of a game. And that is Club de Foot Montreal beating FC Cincinnati 5-4. to four. And yes, good God for that lightning. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, if you guys are hearing this over the headset, it's, it's raining pretty bad outside. It's pouring. Yep. It's raining sideways here in Houston. Um, but yeah, Club de Foot Montreal beating FC Cincinnati five to four. Montreal has sixty seven percent of the percent of the possession, Edward, and Montreal <laughs> outshot seventeen to seven. Dang! So you, oh. that's all clear. That's ten shots. Oops, it's ten shots over. Jeez. Yeah. No, yeah. So you, so not only is FC Cincinnati just clearly just the more accurate team is from what I'm looking at. But Montreal just had the the mo- most of the. That's crazy thing though. Montreal had majority of the possession, but they obviously they were toe to toe with Cincinnati. And the guy that was able to end this game with a win was Ahmed Hamdi, who scores the game winner at the 87 mark. And all this was also his second goal in this game. There was actually two players that scored two goals in this game. But the reason why I'm highlighting this game is because one we have rarely talk about Montreal and Cincinnati and just the fact that good God, nine goals in total. There was no Dang. defense in this game. It was all about attacking, huh? Yep. Who, who needs defense when you score goals? Yeah. I mean, who said, who said it best? The best defense is the best offense, you know? Yep. So, and, that, and this, this game and basically... In this case, Montreal was the better offense. Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, in this case, you know, that's basically how the game plan went. Just go ahead and attack, go ahead and attack, and attack, and attack. Okay. All right, Edward, players of the week. Who's your player All of the right. week? All right. So my player of the week is highlighting that same U.S. versus Canada game, Shaq Moore, who, won, who scored the winning goal and the only goal in that match. But like I said, it was a very technically sound goal. It was very clean. It wasn't anything it's also choppy. A goal. Yeah. So, you know, it, it puts it puts him on the map there for doing that. Just making that run, dude. Like, making that run. He he did it right. He did it just right. Exactly what he needed to do. And he did. So, I, I gotta give him player of the week. Okay. And so, yeah, that's my player of the week. What about your player of the week? So, my player of the week goes to Romel Kyoto of Honduras, also a former Houston Dynamo player. And oh. we- weirdly enough, score- <laughs> weirdly enough, was has been playing in Houston, has been playing at BBA Stadium for their group matches. Um, but yeah, scores two goals in Honduras's 3-2 win against Panama, which obviously puts them on top of the group, obviously, obviously pending that what, the ha- what happens with their game against Qatar. Because um, obviously, you guys know we record this on Monday, so they're not playing until Tuesday. But I'm sure everyone's going to be wanting to see what happens in that Honduras Qatar game because Qatar's look really good. Um, oh yeah, in, in this Gold Cup. And if you guys are probably wondering why is Qatar in the Gold Cup, well, 
have you have you noticed a sponsor? <laughs> have you noticed a sponsor <laughs> of the tournament? <laughs> Guitar Airways. So yeah. So just just there you go. Figure puzzle has been figured out. But yeah, so Ramel yeah. Kyoto, congratulations. Honestly, I will say this as a Dynamo fan. Romel Kyoto to me was not an issue. I think he was a, definitely a pivotal player for the attack, I, especially when it was Romel Kyoto, Mar Manotas, and and um, Albert Feliz. I thought they were great, and I think the main reason why was just how good Romel Kyoto was for them. And it really, I I feel like after he left, the team just wasn't the same. Um, so, but you know, he's he's proven he's proven why, and weirdly enough, scores in a very comfortable place in Houston. You know, where he once played. So, yeah, congratulations for Mel Kyoto and Shaq Moore for being our players of the week. Yeah. I was going to ask you, like, do you think, do you think that's why he actually was like able to score those two goals? Like, he was just feeling in a comfortable spot. He's like, oh, I've been here before. I mean, that, that's definitely a factor. You're familiar with the stadium. You're, you're used to the weather because obviously one of the things about BBA Stadium is obviously because oh, it's bro. humid. So I think, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think that factored in for sure for him. Um, but yeah, so congratulations once again for being our players of the week. Edward, Liga MX, the Apertura kicks off this weekend. What do you got to say about Liga MX first before we get actually into the preview? Bro, honestly, I, I really like the, the Liga MX, the way it plays. I just like the way that they do the tables, Aleguia, and then they do the, the knockout rounds. Now, because the thing is, it's like, that one's the one with the most surprise. Like, you know, you could have the freaking eighth place team, like the bottom seed, and then you get like the first place team. They play against each other, and one little itty bitty little mess up from the first place team. And then the, the bottom team ends up, you know, making the best of it. It could even be a one by one goal. And then if they tie it at the second goal, that's it. You know, bottom seed team goes up front. Just because they have that one goal, and you wouldn't even expect it. I mean, exactly, that's that's exactly, that's basically that's exactly. Yeah. So so I'm yeah. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So obviously the things that think little you know. So for people that don't know about Liga MX, they have two seasons within the year. So they have an apertura or opening and a clausura closing season. So for those of you who want to know, the fall is the apertura, and the spring is the clausura, the closing season. So for those of you who do not follow Liga MX that maybe want to get into Liga MX, well, that is how the league is structured. So within one year, they get two champions. And if they happen to have two different champions for each season, they'll do a champion of champions cup, which they had recently this, actually this past weekend, which Cruz Azul win one against Leon two to one. So congratulations to Cruz Azul for getting some more silverware. But yeah, so. That is Liga MX, kind of in a nutshell, not trying to go too in-depth. But, Edward, so the league isn't going to... There's There was no promotion relegation this year for Liga MX, so all the same teams are there. So for those of you who don't know the teams in Liga MX, we'll go ahead and, and say who they are. And that is America, Atlas, Atletico San Luis, Cruz Azul, Chivas de Guadalajara, Juarez, León, Mazatlán, Monterrey, Necaxa, Pachuca, Puebla, Querétaro, Santos Laguna, Tijuana, Toluca, Tigres, and Pumas. Edward, from this group, who's your team to watch? I mean, the team to watch for me, 
is actually um I guess maybe because they just came up, just keep an eye on them. Um it's not like they're doing amazing, but I guess Mazatlan, just you know, as a heads up, like just just keep an eye on them. Maybe, maybe just as a particular reason why. Huh? I mean, it's just I mean, like I said, they just came up. So they haven't been there long. So it's it's I, I don't okay. know. Maybe, okay. maybe it's they, they got a good now they know how the league how the how the first division looks. Now they they could really like see how maybe this time around they can do better. Yeah. Okay. All right. I know. I, 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 I'm with you. Okay. I'm going to be a little bit boring here. I'm going to, but it's because there's so much going on with this team and that there's, that's the reason why. And that is Tigres. Obviously they, they added Dovin to their, to another Frenchman. You know, they're doing really oh, well yeah, with these French yeah. players in, in, in Tigres. But then not only that, but you also have Biojo. Oh yeah. And okay, so granted Piojo outside of America doesn't necessarily have the best resume. But no. But you know, I mean last time, you know, obviously the reason why he left America was because he went to go manage Mexico and then when he came back he took the Tijuana job. Let's face it, Tijuana is not America. <laughs> but hey, you know, Tigres is, is it's kind of like up there with America in my opinion. Maybe he, you know. He's in a, he's, he's kind of going into an, another good situation with the, a very loaded team, a very stacked team with talent. So I think that this is definitely a team to watch to see what Bioho can do with Tigres and what, how he does with Gignac and David as some, oh, yeah. some, some key weapons for him. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, um, he's, he's walking into, like you said, into a good situation. I feel like it's kind of like, um, Pep. When he left uh, Bayern and went to Man City, you can't really. It's like walking from one gold room to another gold room. Like you know, you can't really. You can't fuck up too hard. You can't fuck up too hard. Exactly. But yeah, no, I, I like your I like your team to watch. I think it's a it's one that like, hey man, maybe you're 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 not, you're not you don't have a team in League IMX. Maybe you want to support the, the 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 team that just got got up there. So the I, li- I like underdog. The, the clear underdog. But we're not talking about underdogs ever. Who is your favorite? My favorite on this one. Mm, on this one. I have. You know what? I guess. I'm going to go for Leon. Leon? Leon. Okay. You see them turn, turning things around. Yeah, I do. Okay. I, you, and I say that I say that with like a little bit of yeah I do and then yeah I do. <laughs> hey man, it's kind of like they, yeah, were, they were in the playoffs in the Clausura. I mean, they got eliminated yeah. by Toluca, but they still made it to the playoffs. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. So I'm gonna once again I'm gonna go boring. I know, <laughs> I know. I'm gonna, gonna... Go, I'm gonna go with America. Oh, I mean, America is still a stacked team. I do like who they brought in to replace Piojo. Um, it, you know, it, 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 it's not crazy to, to think America is going to be in the conversation. And I think obviously they, 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 they miss out every, you know, the last two in the Clausura and Apertura, uh, last season. But I think this is the season where you'll, you'll see America back on top and lifting another trophy. Okay. Okay. 
Well, this that's actually one game I would love to watch is uh, Tigres versus America because I want to see how bad Pio how bad Pio wants it. Yeah, like I want to see how bad he wants it, man. Like, I mean, you could be like, oh yeah, he's gonna be upset or he's gonna be mad, but you don't know that. Like, you know, or he's gonna be like, oh well, you know, he doesn't have the players that he needs or whatever. No excuses, man. No excuses. I want to see. You're walking into a hell of a good situation, so there's no excuses for you to, to fuck it up royally. So very, it's very, it's gonna be a true. good match. Very true. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good match. All right, all right, game. All right, so here are the games to look forward to this coming weekend. Obviously, this just say the very obvious one is the Gold Cup quarterfinals. Yeah, it's now win or go home for these remaining teams in the quarterfinals. Um, are we gonna see another USA Mexico? Or does another team step up? You know, we'll see. So, there's that. And of course, if you guys don't know, the Olympics. That is correct. The Olympics kick off and we'll see some good soccer, some young players. This isn't a FIFA-sanctioned tournament, but it's still guys that that you're going to be seeing possibly in the World Cup. Yeah. uh, No, USA... USA is not in the men's tournament, but they are in the women's tournament, and obviously yeah. they're heavy favorites. So maybe maybe USA gets some get some gold medals out of this. So at least at least someone's gonna get gold medals out of this. <laughs> all right, gee, I wonder who was that was directed to. All right, <laughs> so in the MLS, these I always like to recommend two games on each one, and I'm actually gonna do this for the MLS, the NWSL, and Liga MX. So, for the MLS, the two games I think you guys should keep an eye on for is the Seattle Sounders versus Sporting KC and Real Salt Lake versus Colorado Rapids. Four teams that are currently competing for playoff attention. Okay. Let me see. uh, They're all in the playoffs. Yeah, I know, but it's just... I don't know. I I guess if it was up to me out of those four teams, I guess Sounders... I don't know. I guess that's a safe bet. It is. Just uh, being. They come off of a loss, so everybody in the Western Conference feels very confident trying to jump back. And this is for KC's chance to jump up. Anyways, in the NWSL, I have the Houston Dash versus the Portland Thorns. Dash coming off of a big win. Portland, I mean, they're a good team. And then you, and then the other game I have, Gotham FC, still an awesome name. And the Chicago Red Stars. Awesome. <laughs> Great name. I I believe they were. Uh, I forgot what they were called. I think they were maybe the rest. No, the, well, obviously the rest are in Chicago. Um, was it Sky Blue? Sky Blue FC was that them? Oh, it can't be Sky Blue. It's got to be man. Gotham FC. It has to be yellow and black. It has to. No, they they no they they have some sick jerseys. But no, it's a. I believe it's like teal and black. Uh, I, they they did a rebrand. Um, and oh, so, so okay. I, I believe they were called Sky Blue FC. I could be wrong on that one. Uh, but, Sky but now, but now they're Gotham FC. But anyways, so those are the, the, the two games I think you guys should definitely keep an eye on for the, uh, from the NWSL. Now, Liga MX. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a open table. Anybody, anybody can get themselves on top of this league table in Liga MX, but we're going to kick things off with Necaxa versus Santos Laguna. Obviously, you guys know Santos Laguna. I mean, Nicaxa has been uh, now has some some new owners: Eva Longoria, Justin Verlander, Masudo <laughs> Zio. So let's see let's see if they get a good return on their investment. So right, 
So that, you know what they say, you gotta, in order to make money, you gotta spend money. Yep, that's true. So, but yeah, so, so that is the, the first game. And the second game is Tijuana versus Tigres. Obviously, we need to see what Dobbin's got, what, what Dobbin has planned for this league. And of course, what Piojo has planned with this team. Oh. Has. So we want, we, we want the act. We want to see Piojo. We want to see Super Saiyan Piojo out there. So, yeah. so that is, those are the games that you should probably keep an eye on. For this weekend, no, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting weekend though, for sure, man. It's crazy. We haven't even you know we're not even close to Premier League, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so we're gonna take one more break, and then we'll get we'll go ahead and wrap this show up with our three up, three down, which are the League IMX jerseys because we just previewed League IMX. So, hey, it's Hector. Yo, this is Edward, and we are Insert Name FC. Listen to us discuss news, recaps, and preview games from across the world of soccer. Catch us on unhingedsn.com. We will see you there. And we are back. All right, and we're three up, three down. The Liga MX jerseys. Now, we already said how we feel about the Liga MX jerseys. Some people hate them. Some people love them. Some people say they're walking billboards, which I am on that part. But I do love the jerseys. I think Liga MX just has a different, a different flair to these jerseys. And, and maybe it's just because of like how the lighting looks with these jerseys. Cause obviously we watch these games that, you know, they're night games and the fans just bring a different energy. I don't know, but I, I like Liga MX jerseys. I think Liga MX jerseys are definitely very unique. I think that's what it is. It's just unique jerseys that I really like. Um, but brands that we don't really get to see much, but we'll kick things off with Spencer and his three down is. Atletico San Luis. And number three. At number two, he has Tigres. Okay, I could see that. The and, number three. And Sorry. number and number one, he has Juarez, which I completely agree. <laughs> yes, bro. Like, oh. All right. So once again, Spencer's three out is Atletico San Luis, Tigres, and Juarez. All right. All right. So do you mind if I go? Yeah, you can go ahead. Okay. So my number three is the Querétaro home jersey. I just, I just, we already talked about this. The jerseys, they're big um, on brand and stuff. It's just the stripes, the black and the, is like, what color would you call that? Like a green? The green striping? Kind of. So the home jersey for, Querétaro, that's my number three. Um, my number two jersey is gonna be have to be the Mazatlan, uh, that weird bluish green. It with the oh, purple okay. emblem, it just doesn't go like the okay. way. It, just, it doesn't go to me. And my number one is you may agree with me, maybe not. My number one is the Puebla away jersey. Oh, so you now got, you got Puebla on this twice. I do. Can you say Puebla number three? No, Querétaro. Oh, Querétaro. Okay. Querétaro, the the home the the home jersey, the black and green. Okay. And then Mazatlan, and then Puebla, the home the away jersey. I'm sorry, the way that green again with that green stripe. It, I don't know. It's if you look at those three jerseys that I have as my downs, they're either that dark green. And they have that green or that light green, and then it just—I uh, don't know. Maybe it's just a color scheme for me. It just doesn't doesn't go. It doesn't go. But right. but to 
to reiterate, um, number three is Querétaro, number two is Mazatlan, and number one is Puebla. All right, so at number three, I have Pachuca. Uh, All right. I just, I'm not feeling that gray color. Just not. Uh, number two, I have Tijuana. I'm not a fan of design. <laughs> and you okay? So you're not a fan of design? No, I'm not. That, but can, that, that weird X thing, I'm just like, no. Okay, but can you agree with me that the emblem is actually pretty freaking cool? What the 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 cholo? Yeah, the dog. Yeah, I mean, Tijuana. I think Tijuana. Tijuana usually has some pretty good jerseys. Like I've, I've like especially when they first, you know, came out in Liga MX. I was like, man, you know, the thing is, is that black and red, you, you can't, you can't, you can't do anything wrong with a black and red jersey. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, no, I just didn't like the design of this jersey. I was just like, it's not aesthetically pleasing to me. Uh, but yeah. You think it's all that little cloudiness that's going on? Is that why? It's just the, the X's, like the, the all, all that. That's just like, that's just it's not, not for me. Uh, no, shebang. Okay. Yeah. And then number one is what is I, that, that neon green is gonna is really rough. This is really rough. That neon that, green. Yeah, I mean that's that's the whole point. Like I, I like mean, it. I mean, I like their color scheme. I think it's a unique color scheme, but these jerseys are just not it. <laughs> like, they, well, can, these jerseys should I, be goalkeeper jerseys. <laughs> like honestly, oh, wow. <laughs> Maybe like, that's if this was a goalkeeper out. jersey, I'd be like, okay, cool. Like I, I could, I feel it, but it's like, oh, they're. The, the field players are wearing it. <laughs> the field players. Oh, oh, oh okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I see. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. All right. So once again, to to just state my three down again is Pachuca, Tijuana, and Juarez. All right, going huh? to, back to Spencer. He has more like a six up than he does have a three up because <laughs> I guess he couldn't pick between th- these jerseys. So at number three, he has Chivas and Pachuca. Well, <laughs> that just shows that me and Spencer's taste. I mean, uh, <laughs> the stripes, maybe you think? I don't know. I mean, it's a clean jersey. I just didn't like the gray. Um, yeah. So Chivas and Pachuca is number three, and number two, Leon and Toluca. Very contrasting colors, by the way. <laughs> yeah. The, okay. So I mean, yeah. the thing is, yeah, they, they unless unless Spence is trying to make the Mexican flag himself, I don't know. Anyways, Red so, of Toluca, Green, Leon. Oh. Anyways, uh, and at number one, he has Santos Laguna and Monterrey. Oh, okay. So I know for sure Spencer likes the vertical stripes. That's what I'm getting from this. Yeah, pretty much, bro. <laughs> like, no joke. <laughs> I definitely am getting that for sure. And I think he likes the Lucas because it's, like, it's just a different jersey. I agree. But yeah. So his three up or six up is Chivas and Pachuca. Leon and Toluca, and Santos and Monterrey. Okay. All right. So here's my three. So my three up, and I think I think it's always been, it's been a, I've always liked it just because of the freaking cat on the front, but the Pumas jersey. Okay. The Pumas jersey with the, the Nike home with the big old cat in the front. It's always been, I always like that emblem. I don't know why. Like that's my number three. Yeah, I always, I always liked it, man. I don't know. And uh, so, and then my number two is actually the Monterrey home jersey. So that one's actually, I mean, it's 
fairly basically keeping it kind of the same. The sleeves look like they've been painted on kind of stuff. They have like that, that wash paint, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I like it. I like it. And I mean, who can, who can, who can go wrong with the kata in the background, you know, <laughs> in the back, you know? So, I mean, I'm not one to drink the kata, but you're just saying it, just saying it. And my number one is actually the Chivas third jersey the one that's all blue with like the red and the blue striping and the white in the middle i just you know it's it's pretty cool like i it's i guess you could say it reminds me of like that old school barcelona jersey so that's maybe why i like it (laughs) so yeah so to reiterate um my number three is the pumas jersey the home with the big cat in the front number two is the monterrey home jersey and number one is the Chivas third away jersey or the third kit jersey. I don't know why the hell I said third away. Okay, all right, all right. At number at number three, I have Chivas. Iconic look. I mean, yeah, the red and white. Yeah, the red and white. Obviously, everybody knows I like. To, I, I I usually tend to lean towards the more traditional jerseys. I mean, it does get as traditional as Chivas. Um, yeah. At number two, Monterrey. <laughs> kind of continuing with this trend of being sticking with traditional looks. Yeah. Uh, but I do like what Monterrey, Monterrey usually, I think, always does really well. And I mean, they have Puma. So Puma, Puma is actually a pretty good brand, I think. And number one, I think it's going to be a little bit contrasting to everybody else, but I have Mazatlan. I like the purple. I think it's, it's different. You know, obviously, you don't have many teams that wear purple. Um, so I like I like the jersey. It's just it's clean. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's covered in sponsors, but it's not like the sponsors are are distracting from the purple. So I, I like the jersey. All right, all right. I mean, I, I I can agree with you on that. So yeah, so my my three up is Chivas, Monterrey, and Mazatlan. All right, so. That's the show. Um, we want to give a shout out to the Unhinged Sports Network. You can follow them on Twitter at Network Unhinged. You can catch us on Fridays at at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, obviously on the Unhinged Sports Network first. So at unhingedsn.com. And you can hear us immediately after on all major podcast platforms, obviously Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, we're probably there. So, but first we're going to be on unhingedsn. Com. So that's how you're going to hear our debut, our premieres is going to be through there, and then you'll hear us through everywhere else. Yes, sir. And shout out to Alejandra Gomez and her company, ANG Graphics, for the creation of the insert name FC logo. I mean, you've heard us say it plenty of times. We love this logo. We think it's the best logo in the world. Can't change my opinion. I'm, I'm literally that meme. Can't change my mind. Um, <laughs> Yeah, she she did great. I mean, we love her, and that's why we continue to promote her is because we love what she does. And so you can follow her on Instagram at a.g.graphics with an X. Once again, it's at a.g.graphics with an X. Hit her up if you guys need a logo done. Oh, that you were going to say something, Robert. <laughs> okay, here's my usual. I love you, Alejandro. All right. And shout out to our guy. Are everything the namesake of the Roosevelt Spencer's 
podcast the Roosevelt Spencer's Player of the Year Award, which we will be announcing at some point soon. <laughs> soon. Um, but yeah, so we will be announcing that soon. We'll be announcing who our, our Player of the Year is. It'll be a little bit hard because <laughs> there's no way we do any of them are going to budge at this point in both. We might have to, we might have to like, uh, Put it out there to to see what who who everybody decides um, for, between those two. But yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do something for for our player of the year. You know, we'll we'll have Spencer announce it. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna, Spencer's gonna announce the player of the year. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, that's gonna be so awesome. Even though Spencer's probably it's gonna be fun. I think I think so. Anyways, so shout out to Roosevelt Spencer. Obviously, if you guys hear our intro and our outro, that's Spencer. Um, the way this episode gets edited is through Spencer. Spencer. Has been our MVP since day one, and that's the reason why we we, we named the the award after him because he's our MVP. Um, and if you guys like his, if you like our beats, if you like how this podcast sounds, well, hit up our guy Spencer at that guy dope on Instagram. Once again, it's at that guy dope. Hit him up if you guys need a beat done because I'm telling y'all, I'm gonna keep saying this. There's something important about having your own beat. I think it's just. It's better than having to play like other just popular music that you might have to deal with copyright issues. You know, it just unique. You know, when you hear that beat, that it's your podcast, it's your show. So how about you let Spencer take good care of you and and give you your own unique beat? Hell yeah. All right, guys. Do it, sir. All right, guys. So that is episode 46. Thanks for listening. Also, shout out to Glenn Davis, obviously. you can listen to his radio show, Soccer Matters with Glenn Davis, um, and all that good stuff. So thank you so much to Glenn Davis for, for inter- to do the interview and, uh, catch us next week for episode 47, the Phil Fodden episode. Yeah. Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.